welcome to the Cast of Thrones, the Game of Thrones podcast. Tonight we have a very special episode of Women, Wine, and Westeros. We just made that up. It's your all-female, all-wine, all-Westeros Game of Thrones podcast. Tim, what are you doing here? It's all women. I'm not done yet, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Tonight we are joined briefly by myself, Tim Lanning. And also by Jennifer Cheek. I'm a pretty normal co-host. You guys know me. Uh, Annie. Hello, guys. And Betsy. Hi, everyone. If you guys like this episode, please be sure to tell us. And we'll try to do it again to get a recurring thing of what the ladies like. But uh, I, I guess all that's left to be said is, ladies, what are you drinking? Mm, well... First, we started out with some actually nice wine that Miss Betsy brought. Betsy, tell us about your wine. It's Trapiche Malbec, which is from Argentina. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mostly it's from the liquor from the street, but it's delicious. And then, you know, because we like to be the opposite of Jesus and we bring the bad wine out at the end. Uh, it's not bad. That's not actually true. It's Rex Glad Pinot Noir. It is, like, I don't know if you guys have ever actually seen it, but it is a big bottle of wine. It's got a big old chicken on it. It has a big <laughs> chicken. It's named after a giant 47-pound rooster, you guys. So can I, can I say that it's got a big cock on the front? <laughs> you certainly may. <laughs> anyway, to get through all the, the horrors of Game of Thrones, we really gotta get our wine on. So, you cheers. know. Cheers. cheers. Can you hear the clink? I hope so. Wonderful. So, guys, I was trying to think today of how we would start this ladies episode of Cast of Thrones. And I guess first I just want to throw out, um, you know, let's talk about first how far along you guys are. Um, as those of you who listen to the show know, I read all the books. Um, obviously, I've watched the entire first season of the show. Uh, Annie, where are you within the series? So I watched the first episode of Game of Thrones and was hooked. Um, and I've watched the whole first season and I'm currently reading book two. I'm about 100 pages in, so I'm not too far past where the TV show ended. So hopefully I won't ruin anything too badly for y'all. No, no, we're good. And I also <laughs> want to share this about Annie. At a holiday uh, event that we went to, Annie actually dressed up like Queen Cersei. So you know she's dedicated. I am totally dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have read through a little bit of the beginning of book four. The, the end of book three kind of killed my soul a little bit. <laughs> That's understandable. So I'm taking a break for now. Um, and I've seen the whole first season, obviously, but yeah. So what made you guys start, what, what made you read Game of Thrones or what brought you to it? Did you start with the books first or the TV series? Um, I will confess my boyfriend was really into the TV series (laughs) (laughs) and I started watching it and I was really into the costume and set design, but as I kept watching it, I got really involved with, I think just the character development in general, Mm -hmm. but I think the female characters, for me, have a lot of kind of depth and complexity. Each of them brings their own element to it. So I ended up getting really sucked in, and then that's when I started reading the books. I think that happened to a lot of people, though. A lot of people who listened to the show started watching the TV series first and then read the books. I started reading the books because Tim was reading them, and Mm -hmm. he was like... You know, once watching him freaking out over things, I'm like, I need to, I need to read this. And I also had just finished reading Name of the Wind, which is also a wonderful series, and I wanted more fantasy books. So that's how I started. So nothing to be ashamed of. As oh far no, as starting because your boyfriend started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, Jennifer got me into the books. Um, her and Tim were living with me when. <laughs> 
the guest. The guest. <laughs> That's an awkward situation, which we're not going to talk about no, right now. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, but, yeah, and Jennifer just, I mean, I have not been a huge fantasy fan. I mean, some things I really liked, but Jennifer, you know, told me that the books were great, that they were really character and narrative heavy and really, really strong that way. And that's kind of what I love. So um, I started with the first book and then watched the show and was super hooked and then, you know, sort of went through the second and third book pretty quickly and <laughs> now I want a break but yeah I it was mostly you <laughs> that got me into them I don't know if you guys remember but I've mentioned Betsy Cohen several times this is that Betsy Cohen the one who made us play Fuck Mary Kill <laughs> infamous Betsy so Cohen famous right we now. used to play that in high school like we played it <laughs> we played it with, with this, Game of Thrones this, people this Fuck weird. Mary Kill I think, I think Annie taught me how to we used to call it the cliff game because you yeah. Fucked someone, married someone, and threw someone off the cliff. Oh, my God. So Bring it back. I in high school. <laughs> you, yeah. you should go back and listen to the episode. It was really funny. It's and, really And terrible. It's and so, uh, so dirty. A really dirty representation of what Cast the Thrones is all about. <laughs> We're dirty people. Well, Game of Thrones is pretty dirty, too, so. <laughs> really, yeah. really dirty. Yeah, the first episode I watched, I was at my parents' house, because I was living at home for a few weeks, and... For a few weeks, you guys, it was long. <laughs> it was like a month. It was really bad. Um, and my mom and my sister were in there watching it with me, and they haven't really watched much of HBO beyond Sex and the City. Oh, and no. Which is also like raunchy in its own way, yes. sort of. But like the first episode was like Tyrion having a threesome, and they were just like, what is this porn that you're watching? Oh my God. They were like making fun of me so hard. I, um, great. <laughs> I think I may have, t- I can't remember if I talked about this on an episode before, but I was also hanging out with my parents, and they came up for graduation, and we were in the hotel, so we had HBO, and I'd been talking about Game of Thrones, and I was like, let's watch the episode. And the episode that came up was that one with Littlefinger and the horrors, and it's like the worst, oh, the, the play with her ass episode. So much lesbianism. And I'm watching that with my mom, and it was terrible. It was terrible and traumatic. Um, yeah. There's a lot of traumatic moments in Game of Thrones, you guys, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> We still love it, though. We do. It's okay. We love it so much. Um, so, Annie and Betsy and I were talking a little bit before we actually went on on air here about, you know, the connection of women and Game of Thrones. And I, I don't know if you guys have read it. I still can't remember the lady's name who wrote this article, but there was an article when uh, the series first came out, when the, the TV series first came out, about how women were watching Game of Thrones because of the incest and the sex, which, of course, is really stupid. Um, but this episode is really just talking about women in Game of Thrones. We don't we don't just like to watch and read it because of the sex. That's dumb. Um, but we also have a very specific viewpoint as far as like the female characters and the relation di- dynamics in the show. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Um, who do we want to talk about first? There's a lot lot of things. We have we have a Google document and brainstorming, but it's really a lot you guys it's kind of embarrassing i think we should talk about daenerys first because she's kind of she's kind of isolated in the beginning yes so i feel like we can kind of she's like literally across the sea she's she's (laughs) in a different country yeah yeah i think it's easier to talk about daenerys before we really focus on the other characters because they're so intertwined and and daenerys is is not as much she's pretty unique um so I think we need, I was just, you know, for the book club, I'm rereading things, and I just reread that chapter of Daenerys and Drogo's Wedding. So let's go ahead and just get that one out of the way, because that is, like, the most... That's it. Yeah. That's, like, the, like, what are women's opinions on Game of Thrones? Let's talk about that chapter, because what the fuck? Um, in the TV series, it's a really disturbing scene. Yeah, it's really, it's super what the rapey. Hell? It's super rapey. I mean... 
you know, I, I try not to be too picky about things, and I think that HBO's done a wonderful job of, of adapting it. But first of all, they're not, like, out in the fields by the water. They're, like, out on a rock on yeah. the beach. And Drogo does do his, like, no. He only knows his word no. And what, Westerosi? Is that the language? Let's, let's call it Westerosi. I don't know. <laughs> whatever the languages they speak in Westeros, I'm sure there's a name for that. Yeah. Um, he only knows that word. Um, and it comes across really terrible. Yeah. I think that, I mean, it, it, her inner monologue is, like, so complex in that moment, too. Because, like, she is an unwilling, like, sexual partner. Mm-hmm. But she's also, like, there is, like, tenderness. And there mm-hmm. is caring in that scene. And it's really, really hard to, like, show her feelings about it in, mm-hmm. in the, without doing, like, an awful, like, voiceover. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be imagine? so terrible. So, I mean... They definitely could have shot it in a nicer, like, more loving space than the one they did, I think. But I don't really know how they would have fixed it. I don't know. Yeah. I think one thing that's really interesting for me with her, um, and especially in her transformation from the wedding night into who she becomes, is, um, you know, there's this concept, I think, of marital rape that mm-hmm. we as a, as a American society don't talk about much, but mm-hmm. in this especially in the book, is a huge um, kind of underlying thing in terms of, like, thinking about medieval sort of culture Mm -hmm. and values and society. So for me, it was like, you know, in some ways it's this horrible thing that she's, you know, raped and basically sold Mm -hmm. um, to a man and... What, what I almost find more interesting is not the rape and the being sold, which almost seems oversimplified, but what comes out of it is is sort of her figuring out how to regain the power over that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, I don't know, they're just, their relationship has such a strange and, I don't know, intriguing dynamic to me because, I don't know, people have said, okay, is she experiencing Stockholm Syndrome type of situation? Like, she prefers to love this dude that she's been sold to, but I don't really, I don't know, I don't think that's really fair. I don't think it is To say either. that. I mean, I look at her life before Drogo. Like, it was pretty damn terrible before that anyway. I mean, like, what is Stockholm Syndrome in in the context of Daenerys? Like, yeah. is Viserys kidnapped her? You know, I mean, like, she doesn't I mean, really have a constant. She doesn't have yeah. some sort of, like, good that then goes bad. Or, like, that's true. some sort of home that then gets taken away from her. Yeah, mm-hmm. it she, seems like the, one of the big underlying trends in all of these relationships is that for most women in the, in the books and the mm-hmm. show is that their bodies and they are owned by men. So she goes from her brother to her husband mm-hmm. and like her brother, I mean, her brother is the one who makes you disgusted. Oh, God, what a prick. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he's he's like the creep, he's the creepiest guy ever. And I will say like this, not a spoiler scene, but you find out even more creepy shit about him later. So just wait. It's bad. He's pretty unsympathetic. Yeah. And, and I think and I think George R. R. Martin like, works really hard to not make a completely like evil villainous character. Mm-hmm. But the series is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and he also, I mean, like he dies before he can ever yeah. become sympathetic. I mean, like... That's also can, true, yeah. But you also can see so clearly what he wants, yeah. which I think is important. Like, he's he's completely villainous, but he's super... He's villainous because he's so hyper-focused on mm-hmm. this one goal that everything human about him kind of falls away. Yeah. And, and like, in that... His goal to become king of Westeros again, mm-hmm. like, he sees Daenerys, like, he, she's his sister, but she's also a tool to achieve the means. Yeah. 
you know, fortunately for everyone who reads the books, Daenerys is actually a wonderful person and a very strong person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes back to kind of what you were saying, Annie, about her, like, her power dynamic. Um, did you want to say anything else about that specifically? I mean, I think for me, in general, I think that one of the sort of transformations in the female characters throughout this or that you see the mm-hmm. struggle with is them taking ownership over themselves and their mm-hmm. sexuality and you know it's sort of like you know you could think about Cersei mm-hmm. and her kind of not being willing to sacrifice her own like love and mm-hmm. needs for another you know for her marriage mm-hmm. and for me Daenerys is like this example of a woman taking ownership of the relationship that's sort of Mm-hmm. of what her cards are and her, you know what what card she's playing um and it's sort of this like victimhood to um to really powerful um female oh, sort yeah. of, um status and, and for me that's like what i find so amazing about her i, I think a really common string and i would say most of the women in uh, that are main characters in game of thrones is that the, although there definitely is a system in place that tries to like keep them down they use the system mm-hmm. to make themselves be powerful which is Absolutely. really really awesome like Daenerys could easily have been like stayed weak and passive the entire time mm-hmm. um but she also wasn't dumb like she knew she was just like Drogo meh, I'm mad at you like that would not have that wouldn't have worked but she's not yeah. dumb so she's like how can I make him be nice to me how can I make myself be a good queen to these people that I know nothing about yeah. and she works within the system that she has with the means that she has to become really beloved by the like Dothrakis and by her husband, which is yeah. kind of so she makes things great for herself yeah. somehow, even though she's only somewhere between thirteen to sixteen, depending on whether you're reading the book or watching the TV show. Um, <laughs> yeah. She's really young, and she does it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the feminist standpoint against Game of Thrones is that there's a lot of this kind of like superfluous violence against women. And, you know, the TV show, there wasn't a lot more sort of, like, lesbian sex just for fun. Um, But to me, I think there's kind of this lesson underneath that, like, one of the, you know, the only female character who doesn't um, kind of subvert or resist what's offered her is Sansa. And she's the one who ultimately is sort of the weakest because she's not the one who's, who's somehow kind of fighting against or subverting or figuring out how to manipulate her role as the woman. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, a really interesting lesson in the show is that... She's just so naive. Women women who um, are aware of sort of the expectation but still figure out how to play against it are the ones who succeed. And even though she's sort of bre- being the most, like, socially proper, she's the one who is really almost pathetic. And, you know, she is. She's, and the most she's unhappy. Enemy. Yeah. And, and she's the most unhappy of, of, of all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sansa, I don't know. I Sansa gets a lot of hate, and I feel... I mean, it's probably partially because I've read you know, read the entire series, but I just feel so bad for her. She's really, really young. In the book, she's only 11. Yeah. She, <laughs> yeah. So Sandy's face was like... <gasps> yeah. I, mean, I have no idea. Yeah, I think she's only, she's only 11 years she, old. Some shit happens to her, but... You know, she's very unsympathetic. But the then again, there's Arya, the and Arya's book. like nine, and she's Arya's a badass. A badass. And, and she's, but then yeah. again, you know, I it's one of those things too where not everyone was like blessed with a really strong personality. Yeah. And you see someone like Sansa, and it's like you know that that is what happens when there's a terrible system in place, and also you happen to have been born kind of passive, and like this yeah. is what I should do. And you yeah. do those things, and it's bad. Yeah. Like I feel like every other like Catelyn, 
Cersei, Daenerys, Arya, all these other women were definitely born. They're very, I don't know. What, I'm trying to think of the word. I don't know. They're very much self-starters. Like, they get shit yeah. done. Like, in whatever <laughs> means it takes. Maybe questionable means. But they make yeah. sure that both for themselves and the people they love, like, they're doing everything they can. Yeah. They're using but, the system. Yeah. But I think it's great about Daenerys in the first book is that she, I mean, she's really the only one, Arya a little bit, but... You, in the first book, in the first in the first season of the show, she's the only one who you really get to see that growth happen with, mm-hmm. and it happens very differently, I think, in the book than in the, in the show mm-hmm. because it has to with the way that the narrative works. But like, when I mean, you can kind of see her being a little bit validated by, um, okay, what are the handmaidens' names? Eerie and Injiqui and uh, Dorea. Because they keep I just know because I just they keep like today. calling her Khaleesi and like telling her what a Khaleesi yeah. means and like sort she's of like yeah like sort of like supporting yeah, her and empowering her and then, I'm like, the dragon building her up a little <laughs> bit so that she can then claim it for herself and you don't really see that as much in the show I don't think it's yeah well again like I don't think that Sansa well especially like later. In like book one, season mm-hmm. one, she doesn't have the support system that some of the other people. I mean, she really doesn't. She I mean, doesn't have it. Arya like detests her, and Arya. When granted, she's nine. I have a hard time doing this with my sister, and I'm twenty. <laughs> I'm like, I hope she's listening. Oh God, <laughs> she just got awkward up in here. It did. Um, of like supporting her and being patient and teaching her when she's doing things that aren't what she needs to be doing. Yeah. Arya is just like forget it. Whatever. Whatever. And like, go anyway, run around I mean, and chase she ha- cats. But I mean she also has Catelyn as a role model and like we could do a lot worse for role models, you know. Right. Um but she's just so she's thirteen, you know, like if someone were to film me when I was thirteen it'd be really sad yeah. and weird too. That's <laughs> true. I don't really think about that. Oh God. Well, well, maybe we should good. talk a little more about Arya because I feel like she's one of the ones who oh, yeah. Has oh, the man, most interesting her. kind of gender stuff going on. Oh man, so interesting. Yeah, like Arya's just not at all. She's just not a girl, like in the way that you think mm-hmm. of, not a stereotypical girl in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, I just reread that chapter today where John gives Arya the sword, her her needle, the needle. And how excited she is about the sword, and like how horrified. Like in their like, no matter what you do, don't tell Sansa. <laughs> Because I mean, and that just goes to show, like I feel like like Sansa is like the like epitome of the feminine and everything, and Arya is just so not that. And in there's such opposites. Yeah, and in normal land, when things people are not at war and terrible things aren't happening, like that means that Arya is like the misfit and she's sad mm-hmm. and like no one. I don't know. She's always getting in trouble. Yeah. But when things get bad in Westeros, Arya is the one that's able to survive survive better. Mm-hmm. Like Sansa is like held, you know, enthralled by the Lannisters, whereas Arya's yeah. like, whatever, I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm gonna get out of here. So, I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, Arya. That that last scene, especially what happens in the last episode, I think it's just and what it leads to later. But that last scene is just so. Exciting and interesting. I mean, it's so sad because you know, Ned dies and it's terrible, um, and we're really upset about it. Um, takes like a week to get over it, sure. <laughs> but you know, Arya sort of being picked up by what's his name? Yorin. Yorin. Thank you. Um, and then just immediately like being called boy, going with him as a boy, and getting undercover in this way. I mean, it's it's just really fascinating, and I think I don't. In some ways, I'm kind of like, well, why can't he take her back to 
um, Winterfell as a girl. Like, why does she have to become a boy? And it, in some ways, I mean, it, it, it so easily fits. Yeah. And it's like, oh, of course. Like, why would she not be? She's Arya, and that makes her so much happier. Yeah. To be able to inhabit this, like, boyish way and not try to be a lady the whole way. Oh, man. Because she doesn't need that. But, like, what if that wasn't what he decided to like why why make the decision in the first place why is that necessary i mean taking her in disguise back to the wall and protecting her mm-hmm. i mean I, it makes sense but why couldn't he just be like oh we're gonna take this girl back to winterfell in the bigs i think part of it's because they people would have been looking for a girl like a young girl that age yeah. so they're like okay we need to make her a boy yeah to keep her more safe because it does happen at one point like i think wait i might be about to spoil things don't, anyway, don't do it. Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> Catch yourself. For you anyway, they they may be looking for a girl because they know that Ned has a daughter. Yeah. I, so I think that's part of it. But um, also, I don't know. Like, and maybe I'm getting like too grad school here. But I feel like Arya has some like gender like dysmorphia going on yeah, or she something. Does. Like yeah. it happens a lot. Like early, remember the scene where Arya is chasing cats there, yes. and she. Here's, you know, the dudes talking mm-hmm. in the dungeons, and then she's, like, completely gurney and gross, and there's mm-hmm. rats and whatever. And everyone thinks she's a dude. Like, she goes up to the castle walls and, like, let me in. They're like, I'm a girl. Boy, I'm a girl. Yeah, so, like, My Arya... father is the hand of the king. Sorry, <laughs> my British accent's terrible. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not that bad. You're fine. It's pretty yeah. bad. Well, I, I think, like, you know, it's Arya and Sansa. I think it's a really, um... You know, it's an interesting tool in the novel and in the show. You know, I think they get kind of simplified into slightly different things mm-hmm. in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Sansa is a little bit less despicable, maybe, in the show than think, in the book. I think you're right. Um, I think you're and right. And Arya's a little bit more annoying in the show than in the book. She, I think she's got a little bit more complexity, mm-hmm. like, within the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's like, it's not just about, oh, is Arya a girl who wants to be a boy? But it's also, like... She is such a different end of the spectrum than what her sister is, mm-hmm. and, like, the two of them together are really interesting. So, for me, it's not really just, like, about, oh, just Arya or, oh, just Sansa. Like, the two yeah. of them are just such a different, you know, they're these stark, ha-ha-ha, no pun intended, <laughs> <laughs> like, contrast between the two of each other, you know? So it's <laughs> you should be proud of that. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Stark is a great word. Har-har. Um... <laughs> But, you know, it's, like, for me, like, a lot of it's that. I, I don't I don't necessarily know if he's trying to have a transgendered character in it, because that's yeah. not necessarily what it's about to me. But, like, you know, I think you look in a lot of um, kind of traditional theater and mythology, and there's always that sort of, like, masculine female character. Mm-hmm. Like, the you know, the, the man disguised as a woman, or the woman disguised as a man mm-hmm. is, like, a really that's traditional right. character. So There's something I want to talk about so bad. Yeah. Season. Next season we'll yeah. talk about. Next this. season we'll talk about it. If, if those of you who read book two, yeah. obviously know him talking oh, about. Oh man, so good. But I anyway. think that it's he doesn't. It's not just one character he typecasts as gender bender. I mean, you've got Barrys who mm-hmm. is a castrated oh, yeah. man and dresses up as a woman, and he's wearing lots of perfume and, and, and but it's also like his tools are like. Womanly tools. Very, very womanly. Yeah, they are. He's well, gossip. It's, it's all gossip. It's a woman thing, yeah. He's little birds. Yeah. His whispers, yeah. And um, doesn't, isn't Sansa also called a bird all the time? Yeah. That oh, that's, bu- that's later. That's later. No, I think they call her, who's that? Um, S- Sandor. Sandor. Yeah, okay. Sandor yeah. The Hound. He's that talking about how she's like a pretty little bird reciting That comes up more. Yeah. That comes up more, yeah. yeah. She's, that is really interesting. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. they're both like. I don't know. Very yeah, she's not really a dire wolf, guys. She's a bird. 
a bird. Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting that her wolf killed, right? Oh, little lady. So sad. Like, somehow so sad. she's not the one that's deserving of this powerful thing. Like, I found yeah, that really interesting. That is really interesting, actually. And I feel actually. like, maybe, mm-hmm. and it's interesting, like, there, you can think of it, too, as, like, as she she doesn't deserve it, but also, like, the loss of her wolf. Like, she, like, completely loses power. Like, she's just so weak after that. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the other, you know, Stark children still have that source of strength for themselves. I mean, she, she doesn't have it. Is she weaker after Namer? Not Mary, Marius, Arya's wolf. After Lady gets killed? Like, does anything actually happen to her? Because there is... Well, I don't want to get into this because it's a spoiler, but, like, there's a connection between the Stark children and their wolves. Right. Especially with, like, Bran and Summer. And, I mean, what... I don't. I don't know if, if Sansa really gets weaker. I don't know. I don't. After yeah, I think dies. you're probably. I feel like she's kind of constant. And obviously, she's upset. I think you're right. But I don't think mm-hmm. that anything really changes in Sansa's character after Lady dies. I, no, yeah. I think you're right. But so maybe think... her connection to her dire wolf wasn't strong enough. Maybe she like. Sansa, you made your wolf die. No, it's your no. Fault. I think <laughs> yeah. made the wolf die because Cersei's a sea bomb. It's kind of like <laughs> a. I feel like it's like a power thing. Like the fact that these people have these animals. Um, Attach, you know, attach to them in mm-hmm. a sort of like almost psychic, in psychic way. Yeah. Like, like you think about, you know, Rob and um, Bran and <coughs> even Arya. Like their, um, their wool. <laughs> Betsy's the wolf. just choking on all her the, wine here. All the wine. Yeah. But like their <laughs> direwolves are a part of the reason they're powerful, and they, um, they're almost like a, a physical manifestation of it. Oh and yeah. So for Sansa to not have an animal like attach, you know, this this powerful yeah. animal attached to her is like so symbolic of like what she lacks as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's definitely I mean, like a, I think that's what you can say like there's a, there's a, something with Sansa that's just lacking. I mean she wants to be a pretty little pet like she doesn't want to be a whole human being with agency. She wants to be a pretty yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, which is like hugely problematic. Which I, I mean to us I don't know I feel like I mean maybe it's not fair because like to us like modern women we're like why would you not want to have agency what is wrong with you why would you just want to be like some bro's plaything and bear his you know golden haired children like but at the same time <laughs> when you think about her the culture this <laughs> Strong, so strong. Um, well, that that it's not the Lannister seed. That's well, the Lannister seed is strong too. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> but you know, so when really, you think about the culture again, like I, I don't think you can talk about Game of Thrones without like thinking about the world building that George R. R. Martin has done and and what sort of world they're in. And mm-hmm. I mean, San, like we talked about, Sansa is like being she's like being the perfect little lady. Like she's being yeah. that, and it's really not working for her at all. But again, I mean, I think what's What's frustrating about Sansa, especially in the first book, is that she's modeling this desire to be a perfect lady and to be this pretty wife and mother and to have babies, which, I mean, this kind of robs Catelyn of a lot of credit, but, like, that's kind of what Catelyn has done, right? Yeah, Catelyn's no, it is. is a very strong character and has tons of agency, but on the surface, that's kind of what she is. Mm-hmm. She's... She's a mom. She's meant to be beautiful, and I don't. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this a little bit before, yeah. but not together. Um, about how she's much, supposed to be much hotter in the books <laughs> than the wonderful not actress. That, yeah, not that the actress is not. But I just she's, had pictured. I think I had pictured a little younger. In my yeah, head, but I guess that's what happens when you age everybody up. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I guess if if Rob's gonna be like what seventeen, she can't be thirty. So yeah, that'd be <laughs> that makes that, sense. That wouldn't really work so good. But like. That's kind of the role that Catelyn inhabits in some ways. So she's a mother, and that's where a lot of her strength comes from. 
and she's a wife, but again, she's married to someone that she's sort of enabled herself and he enables her Mm -hmm. to have a lot of influence and a lot of agency. Mm And unfortunately for Sansa, Joffrey would not be like Ned. And that, that's the th- that's the thing. It's kind of luck of the draw in a way. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, Callum wasn't even supposed to marry Ned. First of all, right? She was supposed to marry his brother, Brandon, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. And so, in in a world where things are the way that they are in Game of Thrones, like maybe you'll get lucky and you marry a Ned Stark, and he's like a nice dude, like even if he's kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, but maybe you might marry Joffrey by accident. <laughs> Yeah. And then your life sucks a lot. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you try to get married at 11. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know you, shit. Yeah. Also, you're dumb when you're 11. Like, oh my I god. I wanted to marry Leo DiCaprio when I was 11. Yeah. <laughs> I, kind of, I still kind of do, but... <laughs> I mean, he's I'm looking not, a lot less good these days. I know. So I mean, I'd still marry him. He's got some good stuff, though. Like, Not until he gets an Oscar, guys. Okay. Just hold out. So, well, not this year, then. <laughs> no. Nope. Damn it. Is he still dating Heidi Klum, or is that like five years ago? He was never dating Heidi No, Heidi Klum was married to Seal. No, they're getting divorced. Who's that other one? Kate Moss? What's the model he was Bar Raffaele? I don't remember. Oh, God. He was dating Giselle for a long time. Giselle. She's okay. Guys, we need... Now. <laughs> we need Barry's to help us in our gossip. Can this one out? <laughs> no, it's got, out. This it, is embarrassing. No, it's awesome. We, I want Barry's to help us with our gossip. Any clapping said that Thrifty Nerd will know, will know to edit it out. No, I bet we won't, though. <laughs> <laughs> we like to keep these things in. This is how in tune with pop culture I am. Yeah. No, I, way, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of. I think that's all right. Caprio is really talented and handsome and rich. And if I married him, I'd be like Catelyn and not like Sansa. No, I'd, I would just... <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, he only, you know, dates supermodels. That's true. But, uh-huh. you know, maybe I need to be like Daenerys and be like what he's not had. Right? Right. That is a thing <laughs> that we talked about. Sorry, if this makes zero sense to you guys, let me please explain, because we talk, we were talking about this before oh, we started recording, about how... Uh, this is a whole other thing I want to talk about anyways. This, this, this works out. I'm glad we worked um, this in. So, okay, the scene, which is in the TV series, which is not in the books, where Daenerys, you know, handmaiden is like, let me teach you how to do the sex right for, <laughs> for Drogo. Ride him real good. Ride him right. Um, what, where was I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Distracted game. by Ryan. Oh. Carl, Carl Drogo. Carl Drogo. <laughs> um, no, what we were talking about is that her handmaid is like, you got to give Carl Drogo something different because he only has ladies in these ways, but you should be different. What I really wanted to talk about was that whole scene with Daria and Daenerys and how like, lesbian sexual was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you guys feel? I felt... Well, there's well, also been other scenes where there's, There's like, a lot of, like, like lesbian A lot scenes. more, like, lesbianism pulled in. And I think part of that's, like, a... It's gotta be a fucking marketing thing. It's, like... Oh, it's TNA. You know, like, I feel like so much of the, like, sex stuff in the books is, like, way less about turning anybody on, but ultimately, like, these lesbian scenes are just, like, for funsies. Like, hey, look, it's yeah, hot. But I feel like there's also an explanation in the show, in the scene, um, with one of the handmaidens and Viserys in the bathtub. And yes, he was that talking to her happened. about how he hired her to teach Daenerys how to be good at sex. Yes, and that that's true. That's also what happened in the book. That's yeah. what her deal was. So that, I think... So I think that, you know, the scenes aren't, I mean, they're, like, a little explicit, but they're not, like, terribly gratuitous. I just, I don't know. And, and the thing that we do have to remember, like, maybe there is some... No, okay, that's not true. Sorry, let me explain what just happened in my brain so that it makes sense to everyone who's listening. Yeah. What I was going to say <laughs> is, 
okay, there's like some, you know, gratuitous lesbian moments, but there's also that Rinley Loris scene. Shaving the nipples. Shaving nipples, giving beaches. But Rinley Loris actually, we're totally gay though. They're so cute. They're so cute. They're almost as cute as Tyrion and Shay. Um... (laughs) But but really, Loras actually are together Ew. in the series. Whereas like there is not really a lesbian, you know, Dorea and Daenerys scene. Nor is there that terrible play with her ass scene. That does not exist. That does not exist. And I wish it didn't exist. I don't. It's terrible. <laughs> I don't want to do this, but the show has already happened. So I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah. What are you doing? And just took a picture. <laughs> Um, Pay no mind. <laughs> because it does get more... In the books, there is more lesbianism later. And there True. is more of an indication later that Loras and um, Renly are together late. So, like, they're, they're, okay. they, they're pulling from future books that, a little bit there. That's I mean, like, fair. Obviously, yeah. there is gratuitous sex with HBO, and why not? Because the ratings get better. Who doesn't like to see boobs on TV? Everyone likes to see sex. I love to see boobs on TV. <laughs> Just to um, it out there. Yeah. It's not a girl thing. Everyone loves boobs. <laughs> True fact. <laughs> yeah, I, I once made this argument to someone that, like, everyone loves boobs, so it's, like, the saddest people are gay men, and, like... Women with no <laughs> boobs that are in a couple because like, they don't get to play with them. That's Everybody true. loves them. Um, anyway. So, so I guess maybe it's not like too gratuitous. I mean, I, I think you could definitely argue that some of the scenes in, I don't know, the TV version of Game of Thrones are oh, kind yeah. of like out, you know, giving out the boobs for the, the dude bros, but yeah. it's not completely untrue to the, you know, the soul of the series because that, yeah. that shit happens. It does. It's, and I kind of, I'm kind of impressed actually with how they do show not just heterosex. Yeah. In the series, it's it. I mean, yeah, they're pretty. Maybe there, there could be more, you know, lesbians and, and gay people, but but they definitely, they definitely exist, and not just lesbians yeah. and gays, but people like berries who are just something else. Yeah, like, and also Littlefinger. I mean, I think yeah. they, they do a really good job on the show of keeping Littlefinger very ambiguous because I mean, like obviously. Littlefinger loves Catelyn, or at least loves he claims her. to love the shit out of Catelyn, which is great. Sort of. Um, <laughs> I guess. I guess. But he also, like, is really odd in that weird lesbian scene where he, like, I mean, I, he's, He doesn't like, even feel like he cares about he's it. He's dictating it, and he's, like, controlling it, but not from, like, a sexual perspective, Mm-mm. from, like, a I want to make money off you as a good whore perspective. You're a metaphor for my life, whores. Well, I think so much of, like, sex in Game of Thrones is about power and control. And it's not necessarily about, like, an an, um, intimate or emotional investment. Except with Tyrion. And Nanny Caitlin. Well, but even Tyrion is, like... No. He has sex to have sex, like, most of the time. Like, yeah. But he also loves... He is more of a romantic, but, like, yeah. there's so much of it, to me, is about, like, men exerting their power as men. Yeah. Like, by being sexual. Yeah. And, like, a lot of that... I mean, I think maybe a lot of that threesome stuff kind of, like, plays yeah. into, like, how it gets pulled into the TV show, but... I, I definitely think you cannot extract... Like the power dynamic from any of the sex scenes in Game yeah. of Thrones, it's in all of them. Even and this is not in the TV series, but in the even in the book, this maybe this is not a power struggle. But even when Ned and Cat have sex, Cat's like, "Man, I hope he gets me pregnant." 
<laughs> that happens. Really? Yeah. She's like, man, that. I hope his seat quickens. So it's like, I can be a better oh, yeah. wife and have give more children to my she husband. She loves yeah. being a mom. She does love being a mom. But even that, like, in a way, like, I mean, I don't think that Ned, I mean, I think Ned and Catelyn have a wonderful relationship in, in the series. But even that, like, she's still playing into, yeah. like, what am I supposed to be in this society? I'm supposed yeah. to be a mother. You know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But I can't, I really, literally cannot think of a time when sex is had in <laughs> Game of Thrones and there's not, like, a power dynamic to Can it. Can we talk yeah. about Jamie and Cersei right now, though? Yeah. Twin-cest. It's twin-cest. twin-cest hour. Twin-cest hour. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we going to have a twin-cest hour every time? <laughs> oh god. I think it's time for twin-cest hour. Um, and I think it's important that we tell everyone that Annie is an identical twin with a sister. With a girl. And Annie, with is, a girl. A, Annie is a heterosexual also. <laughs> yeah. so there's been no twin-cest. Let's just put it out there. But, but she was our resident twin-cest. twin-expert. Twin-expert. Oh, twin, yeah. Twin-expert. That's how hard we're to make. Man, I, I feel like the dialogue around Cersei and Jamie and them, like, explaining themselves is very interesting. They're like, we were in the womb together. It's natural that we do the sex together. Yeah, yeah well, it's, I think what... What's interesting to me about the show versus the books is, like, in the books, it's, like, well, and you think about a lot of this, like, the history of, you know, the world he creates is about, like, medieval values. Mm -hmm. And, like, in medieval, you know, warring societies, like, cousins marry each other, siblings Mm -hmm. marry each other, like... You just like fuck whoever is closest to you, right? <laughs> right. You <laughs> gotta keep them bloodlines. So like here. for yeah. for siblings to like wed is like part of like maintaining a bloodline, and mm-hmm. that's a big part of like what the books are about. And the Lannisters are not the only ones who do that because the yeah. Targaryens totally yeah. brother sister marry a lot. They yeah. love doing that. It's yeah. like a thing. But in the show, it's like much more of a taboo thing. Mm-hmm. Like when Bran discovers them having sex, it's not about like discovering a secret where, like, oh, suddenly, you know, and this is what the book emphasizes more, is, like, oh, suddenly you realize that um, King Robert has no real heirs because they're all, um, like, products of incest. It's yeah. really it's really about, like, having a bloodline versus ha- versus the incest. And in the, yeah, in the yeah. show, it's about the incest. And I guess that's just playing into, I don't know, like, the normal, like, TV watchers mores like in the way mm-hmm. like oh gross brother sister's nasty but I mean it's also Cersei having an affair it's yes yeah. and it's, it's not like a multi-layered I bad mean, thing I, I mean this I, I feel like there's something different about incest versus twincest like yeah. there's something going on there that's that's very different and mm-hmm. well they've yeah. got this like creepy I think that's part of it is like they've got this creepy sort of like level of connection where like they will do anything for each other, mm-hmm. and like their sort of well, invo- power, le- like the, their power together is above what the king could yes, have, and that brings yeah. me back to like sex is power. Like oh yeah, like them together is like an undefeatable duo. Yeah, like yeah. and they will crush anyone who's in their way. Clearly, because yeah. they do. That's what they do. Yeah. They keep on doing it. They do, and I'm not sure if this is something that's been touched upon yet. I don't know, hmm. but I, I feel like Jamie's perspective is more that Cersei is the only woman he has ever loved mm-hmm. and that Cersei it's 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 about power for him in a way but it's still a lot more about he, emotional attachment he just straight up loves her he just like loves her whereas Cersei is so much more complicated because you know she has that whole scene with Joffrey where she says like oh anyone who's not us is an enemy and she's super into like this weird like internal Lannister thing. And, oh, yeah. You know, and I think that, like, you know, they say things like, you know, Cersei effing the closest thing to her is is what gets Cersei off. I mean, like, the other people that... Yep. 
Because she's so yeah. like, we're the best. Yeah. We're the best like, thing everyone, there is. Everyone who is, yeah. everyone, like the further you get from being Cersei, <laughs> that's kind of true actually like, Cersei is like this weird like nucleus and, and the further you get yeah. away from like the nucleus of Cersei the, the worse Worst, you are yeah. and the her. less you are to be loved or trusted yeah. so like her twin brother her children like they're like, okay these are, they're cool but they're, they're like mm-hmm. as close as you can get to Robert, being nope no, Robert's not so much. No, and all the Starks—they are not us. Yeah. They are not. They are trusted. way more. But don't you like kind them. of see that with all of the like mothers in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. like um, Catelyn's sister, you know the like the whole Liza, like the breastfeeding oh, of her God. son. <laughs> I totally this, forgot about this sort of like oh. unwillingness so to like gross. separate from from the child. So like yeah. it's almost like. The healthier thing to do is like let the child go, but like the women who are almost more unhealthy are like are Lisa or are um mm. are Cersei. They're the ones who like they're so sucked into like the son and the relationship yep. that it's like creepy, but also like it's that's not. their motivating force is their children and like yeah. and it's and it always manifests. Other than Catelyn, she's really the one who's like way less creepy. But the other few like. She's They're so fucking many weird. They're not cool. But even Catelyn, like I said, I, and I only know this because I, I only remember because I have just read it. The you know, Bran falls out of the tower because Jamie pushes him and breaks all his everything. And there's a part where Catelyn breaks his whole brand. He breaks his whole brand. <laughs> his whole brand. <laughs> all brand got oh broken. Oh my god. Anyway, so there's a part where Caitlin's talking huh? about how she went to the sept. And prayed to the seven gods that she would be allowed to keep Bran, to keep him close to her. And what happened when she prayed that Bran would be able to say? He broke his shit. Yeah. So it's almost like that desire, like, I want to keep you close to me, yeah. is is always super damaging in Game yeah. of Thrones. <laughs> and she also, like, won't leave the room when yep. he's when he's it, all it's broken. It's like that Bran. closeness equals, like, super unhealthiness. Yeah. And the whole, like, you know, her hating her bastard. Like, yep. she's such a great character. So loving and kind but, but like, she's such in a the book, bitch like, especially she fucking hates that guy. The oh. this thought of another woman or like yep. another yeah. child, like who's mm-hmm. not hers, is the worst. Yeah, Jon like, Snow is such a babe. Such a babe. Just putting it out there. But yeah. again, it's that concept of he's not close to Catelyn. He's not like blood related. He's farther out, therefore bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they all that that's true for all of them but especially in the example of Cersei versus Liza I mean it's such a different motivation for like the creepy closeness like Mm Liza is like super neurotic and fearful and and anxious because she thinks her son's being threatened I don't think and she's also she also had a lot of miscarriages before he's like the only one that survived so she's like super obsessed with him Liza's not and Cersei is all evil (coughs) like Cersei is everything about like Joffrey is an extension of Cersei. Mm-hmm. Jamie is an echo of Cersei. Like mm-hmm. Cersei is just like the ultimate narcissist character. Where everything, <laughs> she is. Like everything God. relates to protecting Cersei and those that are extensions of Cersei. Like she's like a creepy little spider with her web. Mm-hmm. Like berries, but different. Um, whereas, whereas Liza, it's not really about her ego. It's like a super weird of protective like mama bear thing. Yeah. It's not, it's that she's like this, she's just like snapped and gone crazy and won't stop breastfeeding her like seven year old son as a creeper. Super not cool. Speaking right. of which, I know someone who did a MFA in photography on women who breastfeed their like children, like like older children. Like I'm older sorry. children. If you can ask for it, you're too old for it. That's the rule. I don't know. 
I'll say that, you know, <laughs> of my education, I did learn back in the day. Actually, that, I started reading blogs about breastfeeding after that episode of <laughs> the breastfeeding, because I was like, oh my so god! So More gross. than the rape or anything, the fucking breastfeeding of the it grown up, child is me it, it upset me so much. It is so disgusting. I mean, I know... <laughs> I about cultural norms, right? That's so, true. Well, I mean, I know women who have, like, breastfed, like... Toddlers, like two or three years old, yeah. and that happens. That happens a lot. I mean, around the world, like especially in developing countries, that's normal. Like two or three, yeah. six years old, that's too old. I'm sorry. Like I try to be pretty like tolerant of that sort of thing, and I know nothing about being a parent. Yeah. I am not a mom. I mean, I have a nephew and I have a younger brother, so I try not to like pass judgment. But that shit's weird. Yeah. Six years old, not cool, man. Well, Ugh. I mean, you know, if you're losing your, what is that, like, isn't it like the first teeth called like milk teeth? Yep. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, right? Yeah. If you if you're losing your milk teeth and getting time to get off that get, milk, <laughs> getting your big your big boy teeth, stop sucking. Your I mom's feel like boobs. once my kid bites down on my boob, done. No, I mean over it. Yeah, you can't yeah. have that anymore. No, oh, that's God. like a rule that I've heard like several women say. Like once yeah. they started like biting and like laughing about it, nope. Your nipples are never gonna recover. Never. Well, your boobs won't recover either. They're, yep. Look forward to that. No, being a mom's great, you guys. I don't know. It's, People seem to like it, but... Especially in, like, the world of Game of Thrones, where, like, being a man is so important from a young age. Like, like you're a man. Like, boys breastfeeding until they're six. Like, it's so about, like, not being a man. Like, yeah. That's... There's, like, a phrase like, that Like, that can... woman is, like... The reason she is crazy is because she won't let her son grow into a, into, a like, man. the king, you know? Yeah. Oh. So weird. And it is a phrase that happens a lot, like, he's almost a man grown. Like, he's 12 years old, what are you talking about? Yeah, the eight-year-old is yeah, almost a man. Yeah, almost a man know? grown. Poor Bran, he's not. Poor Bran. He's, he's a little Bran muffin. He's a little baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's Tim's, you guys. We can't claim credit for that. <laughs> yeah. Care of Tim. That but was I, his deal. Yeah. I did come up with saying you know the muffin Bran. <laughs> That was me. Wait, do they have muffins in Game of Thrones? We should look at the Anna the Crossroads website. There's a website, Eddie. I don't know if you know about this. I don't know about that. Anna the Crossroads that does recipes from Game of Thrones. And they wow. have, like, all sorts of things. Yeah. Not, like, the crazy, crazy, like, eating dogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. No. Not those recipes, but they have a lot of recipes. No, but a lot it's of cool. times, especially in the Tyrion chapters, you get, like, really in-depth pictures of food. Makes me so hungry. Yeah. It all sounds so good. Yeah, yeah there's, like... This, I, I was just reading about this part. Is like mutton, yeah, baked and butter, like lemon cake, blah, 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 and yeah. like honey, you know love a duck, and it's a nice peppers. MLT with a mutton is nice. <laughs> Princess Bride. Reference. I want an MLT. <laughs> um, okay, oh, it's so perky. I love that. <laughs> is there is there anything like big that we need to talk about that we have not talked about yet? Like any big lady characters? I mean, we've hit like the, we've hit Arya, we've hit Catelyn. Who I also call Caitlyn, and I still don't really know how her name is pronounced. Yeah. Um, we talked Sansa. We talked Cersei. Daenerys. Boy, we've um, done it all. We've really we, talked a lot. The yes, only thing we hit it. The only thing we've not talked as much about, and I think we did hit it. No, we did hit this. Talking about like men with feminine qualities. We talked about varies. We talked. We didn't want to talk about like the gay thing as much, but. Yeah, but it's it's there. They're, they they love each other. They yeah, love so they sad. love to have smooth chests and oh my God. filleted cocks. I was such a dummy <laughs> when I was reading the books, and, and I read like all of it and didn't even know that Renly and Loras were gay. And then when I saw the scene, I was like, wait. Oh my God, they're totally gay. No, I didn't know that either. How did I not know that? And I remember like wait, I think you I t- what gay? Yeah, I'm just in the series. Renly and Loras. Renly and Loras. Renly is Robert's brother. Yeah. And He's Lord. little, like a little beard. 
I think I forgot about this. Loris yeah. is the Night of the Flowers. It's that scene where Loris is shaving Renly's chest and then he goes Oh, down yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm Never really mind. glad that happened. I I'm going to go on the record and say I'm glad that happened on good, the HBO. Good job, HBO. Good We're job proud of you. Say hi to him, guys. Yeah. Do you have any questions that you want to ask us before we sign off? Who's the cutest? Who's the cutest? It's really hard because... I would have said Rob or Jon Snow at one point, but I've had... Pedophile. No, but like they're older versions. Uh-huh. Also Theon Greyjoy, because oh he's so cute. But I've had sex dreams about he's Tyrion. He's so nice! Tyrion's <laughs> Tyrion Tyrion like the midget? <laughs> yes, I've had a sex dream about Tyrion. It was weird. He's like the most sexual in the book, though. Actually, I would say he's the most like um, sensual of the characters. And yeah. if you think of Tyrion... As also, in, Peter Dinklage is a baby. Yeah. He's super hot. If you don't think book Tyrion, but think Peter Dinklage Tyrion, like, fuck yeah. He's super hot. Yeah, he's, like, super hot. Um, I have a big Theon thing. is a problem. The salty Everyone salt who listens. Everyone, I want to be his salty salt He's salt kind of a dick, though. Oh, he's, he's totally super a dick. dick. Are we, aren't we into book two right now? Yeah. No spoilers. Yeah. We're going to stop talking about Theon. Well, Theon's a dick everywhere, always, because he's like, meh. Yeah, I'm cocky and whatever. Um, well, I still like you know that the, by him kicking a separate the head character that plays yeah, Theon is Lily Allen's brother, Alfie. Alfie. Really, Alfie mm-hmm. Allen? Yeah, that she sings a song about him. It's really funny about him smoking weed all the time. Yeah, Alfie. I didn't know that. Alfie, according to Lily Allen, is a waste of space, but he's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I have a big crush on him though. Uh, Who do you think? Finn is the Jones, uh, Sir Loras, told oh, us today yeah. that if he could. Do an episode with anybody, it'd be Alfie. But yeah. just Loris and Theon don't get to. They don't really have much interaction. Yeah. yeah. That's too bad. Maybe they'll make <sighs> one up. Yeah. But uh, Christian Naren, the guy that plays Hodor, says that Alfie Allen killed it in season two. He really? I'm so excited! I can't when wait. does the second season start? April 1st? <gasps> like mid. Can we have like a April viewing 15th? party? Yes. Because, and do you know what's exciting? Because PAX East is happening that weekend, and our podcast people are going to be in town. I remember you guys talking about this on Sunday, is, and is in case Bobby episode, doesn't want to be friends, you guys can watch it at my house. I this is also video. true. Okay. Wait, is it not the first? I don't know. Anyway, don't know we're definitely having a viewing party for that weekend Either at PAX way. East. You can do it It's going to be a great time. We should make food. We should make all... In the crossroads We food. should have all the Dornish wine, guys. Oh my god. <laughs> I will roast a something. A duck. Um, <laughs> so, I feel like we, at least for our first episode, have talked about... A lot of a lot of good things. We've talked about all, pretty much all of the important women characters in Game of Thrones. We've given our lady opinions on things. Um, so I guess that we'll we're gonna wrap this one up. And like it's usually the way we end it is just explaining um, where we can find ourselves. Usually I'll say, you know, I'm Jennifer Cheek. I can find you can find me at Jennifer Cheek on Twitter. But he doesn't have a Twitter. I don't have a Twitter. Um, I also don't have a really public internet presence. So. <laughs> Right. Maybe around. you can find me uh, next time when I'm more <laughs> famous. And, and if you want to relay a message to Annie, you know, you can just, like, tell me or something. Yeah, let me know. You can look on our iTunes reviews. Maybe people will talk about it. Yeah, Maybe. cool. You can find me, Betsy Cohen, at that Betsy Lady on Twitter. Not to be confused with Lady the Direwolf, but the, <laughs> but the Betsy no. Lady. That Betsy Lady. And be sure, like, you know, don't be mean, but let us know what you thought about this whole section. <laughs> Um, if you hate it, well, don't say that, you dick. But if you liked it, let us know. I think it's cool, because I, I think Game of Thrones is definitely a thing that a lot of girls, a lot of women read it. We gotta disprove that hateful, hateful that B That terrible word. article about what's her face. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to say her name. I don't want her to get any publicity. She must not be named, because we don't know her name. <laughs> but I know that a lot of our fans were women, because I, you guys tweet at me and I see you out there. Um, so, you know, let us know if you liked it. Um, and... 
maybe write in things on our website that you'd like us to talk about other than just you know various general ladies in game of thrones write us questions and we'll talk about it next time on women wine and westeros give us wine suggestions we'd like yeah, that too tell us your favorite oh, yeah. wine tell us your favorite wine your favorite dornish wine yeah all your favorite <laughs> cheap wines because we don't want to spend a lot we're of on a budget them. you guys we drink rex goliath come on <laughs> wait come we on. get to one last cheers all right, all right. Cheers. cheers good night good night <laughs>